What's up, you guys? Hope everybody's doing good. This is day four now, back at seven thousand feet. Um, it's been it's been pretty tough this time. Like, I think in the past I didn't leave for as long, so um, there's just been a transition to coming back. Where, like, I feel fine and like body feels good and legs feel good, and um, but just keeping an eye on like heart rate on runs and stuff like. Obviously, it shows me there's a lovely benefit the altitude because, you know, when I do, like, runs at home and I try to, like, do, like, a steadier type run, like, let's say I want my heart rate to be – I run a marathon at 170. Let's say I want my heart rate to be 150 to 160. Um, I'm probably going to be running at, like, 530, anywhere between 530 and 550 pace. Um Whereas here I am at 7,000 feet and I'm like, I'm putting the heart rate at, you know, I'm running at like 630 to 640 pace and the heart rate's like creeping up towards that. And, you know, it's one of the, it's one of the big things I like about altitude is that on a daily basis, I'm just working just a little bit harder, um, which are relevant to like people come to altitude to improve their red blood cells and things like this, but irrelevant to that, I just think on a daily basis you're you're able to run slower, but you're building more fitness. Um, and often, you know, I think the the reason why I like to shift the heart rate on easy days sometimes is, you know, there's a there's a lot of guys out there that train and you run either easy, which might be like 130 heart rate to 140 or you're doing like threshold which might be like 165 to 170 upwards and you're never really working the zones in between and like the zones in between still have a knock-on effect that uh, you're lower in your upper thresholds um, and it's one it's one thing i've noticed that the the better i get the faster i have to run to work those zones at sea level and then the faster you have to run to work those zones then that increases injury risk and and things like this and um so then what often happens is in the comeback when i'm starting to come back i work these zones a lot because you know my, my heart rate's naturally a bit higher and i'm i'm able to get it higher without having to run fast but then once i get the, a certain level of fitness where like you know my heart rate's hard to shift it's hard to sort of push it up i have to run quite fast to put it up then maybe i neglect developing those sort of zones and you know you've a you've a lactate curve which you know runs if they did a like a treadmill test or a lactate test on the guy that can break the half marathon world record let's say for example you know you're going to see his lactate curve and it's going to stay really low across all speeds right up until the half marathon world record pace which must be like 420 odds a mile or something at this point um but basically, it just means that that's a very well-developed athlete. And then if you compare that to me, you know, for for speeds up until probably like five-minute mile, and it's going to stay pretty nice. But then after that point, you know, it's not – it's going to – the lactate's going to start to increase quite dramatically and quite quickly. Um, but anyway, like, if you start neglecting certain zones and you're only working easy – or interval stroke hard, you know, it's it's difficult to see a transition in that lactate curve. And I remember watching documentaries on like cycling and they would actually compare 
the data they would have about their athletes, like Team Sky, would compare the data they have about, let's say, Chris Froome or Bradley Wiggins at the time. I don't um, know what happened there. I think I got a phone call and it interrupted things. So, yeah, basically they would have, like, Domestiques and Bradley Wiggins and um, Chris Froome, and, and basically they would compare... Um, they would compare the data of their guys against like the data of yeah like the likes of a guy who would win um, the Tour de France and um, the end result would be that you've you're trying to work towards the data of the guy that would win the Tour de France and so I think in cycling they talk about having like five or six different thresholds compared to running only having like two but um, yeah that's one of the noticeable differences I find at altitude it's far easier to get into different heart rate zones and across the week your heart rate's just thrown up and down with hills and um, and I just mean hills on easy days once you run up a hill your heart rate like shoots through the roof or whatever um so no so it's it's yeah it's it's certainly interesting and um, it's nice to be back and um, yesterday I went to a yoga class like um it's just one of the things you got to do like I don't I don't like doing it um actually I, I don't mind once i get there but like the thought of going to a yoga class where like you know i'm i'm used to being really fucking good at things that i do like when i run even when i'm out of shape i'm still like pretty fit and still like able to go and keep up with some of the best guys in the world on like an easy run or whatever um i go to a yoga class and i'm like the worst in the room by a million miles like i can't even just sit and i i went to the snow patrol concert and i was just like sitting waiting on snow patrol to come out and we must have had to sit around for 30 minutes and it was just awkward that i couldn't even just like sit there i couldn't even sit with my legs crossed because like groins were so tight and everything was just so stiff like um so i just had to kind of bite the bullet yesterday and, and start going and I, I think i paid like 45 dollars and i get like a 30-day trial where i can go pretty much every day um, for 30 days. I'm not going to go every day. Like, I'm probably going to go two or three times a week. But I, I think it's going to make a big difference. Like, when I worked with our physio in Phoenix, it was one of the things we highlighted that I can't expect to run as quickly as I used to run. Like, I this I ran 3.43 for 1,500. I think I ran it three times. Like, it wasn't like I just ran it once. Um, and I can get really fast. Like when I was playing rugby, I, I was I was really fast. Like, um, not like you know sprinter fast, but I I'm pretty sure I could have ran a fifth, like a 400 meters in like I don't know like 53 or something. Like you know I, in the past I've been able to run 225. I think even around 24 at one point. Um, <clears throat> maybe it was more like 25. I don't really know. It was like half time or whatever. Um, but basically, it suggests even last year before European champs, I was running like 26, 27 for 200s before like my groin eventually like just stopped letting me do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like the the reason my groin probably ended up hurting at the time was because they're so stiff and like I think the from what my physio says in Phoenix, like when muscles get too stiff like that, like the only difference between a sprinter's muscles and a endurance athlete's muscles is like the muscle the speed that it contract and then relax like a sprinter can contract the maximum strength and then relax really fast and um, which is what prevents them probably from getting hurt and stuff and um, whereas like yeah I, I, my body muscles don't do that but yeah working on that flexibility was a huge thing that we highlighted not being so stiff and um, so yeah so that's something that i'm gonna have to work on quite a lot 
especially over this next sort of five or six weeks, that's that's going to be like one of the big emphasis is bringing strength back in. But while I bring the strength stuff back in, like making sure that I'm in the yoga classes, like so strength work shortens the muscles and like probably stiffens them up a bit. Yoga helps to sort of lengthen the muscle and unstiffen it up, I suppose you could say. Um, so that's the idea. Um, so I'm booked in for another one. Yesterday's class was quite easy. It was probably far too easy. It was called restorative yoga. And, like, it was fucking lying around sleeping, like. So, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't a bad class to start with. But, you know, it was 75 minutes of my life that I don't get back. And I was lying on a mat on my side, like, <laughs> doing really, really soft stretches. So um, today's, today's is actually... I mean, they say it's for athletes, like runners, bikers, and it's like, you know, it works on like hamstrings and quads and hips. And, um, so that'll be interesting. So it's actually for level two. So it says it's like a more intense class, but like it, you're on your own. Like, you know, nobody's going to force you to do things that you can't do. And, um, so I'm going to go to that this afternoon. Um, I'm also going to the physio lab today. Like, it's a workshop place we have up in Flagstaff. I haven't been. Um, they have physio and S&C and um, Under Armour kind of struck a deal with them to sort of help us out. Um, so today's the first day. In the past, I had been getting strength work from the guys at home and then sort of doing it remotely by myself, like me and Haas would go to the gym and I would just follow the program that they had set. Whereas now, this is kind of like, because the athlete visa and stuff's being sorted, I'm, I'm kind of moving away from using the guys at home, not because there was anything wrong with that, but working with an S&C coach remotely is not like I mean if you're if you send a video of you doing a squat and you, you're doing it wrong it's a, it's a bit fucking late to hear back the next day that you were doing that wrong when you go ahead and do three sets of it um so like that's on me like it's my it's because I'm always away um but yeah I'm gonna start working with these guys and see if some strength stuff and and probably a lot of basic stuff just sort of helps um and yeah like that's yeah that's roughly where things are at um this this is going to be an easy week like i me and has well has sent over some training and um it's i've got like a heart like on tuesday and and then friday i've got something similar to what i have been doing where again you're just working through the zones i think like we're starting at like 540 pace and doing a mile at that and then like doing 800 meters at six minute mile and then I think we go like 530 pace, 800 meters at six minute mile and then like 520 pace and we're probably going to do that for about seven or eight miles and again I'm just starting to work through the zones and um, you know you got to be careful at altitude like I can say 540 pace and you know the fact that I run marathons at 505 or whatever it's it's you know it seems like it's quite slow but I don't know you you, you breathe a bit at altitude and you work a lot harder than you think but Normally it's normally it's like the following week where I start to feel like I'm sort of acclimated and that's after like ten days, like just because like they say three or four days, then you can sort of start to do like sessions and stuff. Like that doesn't mean that you're kinda like acclimated and your body's like ready to like actually train at pretty solid pieces. You can still work, but I think you just need to be pretty sensible with what you're doing. Um, so that's that. It looks like we're gonna do probably like four or five pretty pretty relaxed weeks i i think it's this next week's gonna be like 75 miles um i kind of went like 45 50 60 and now it'll be like 75 which is quite a big jump but when you've done like three weeks where you're being careful then that sort of like next jump is fine um and also like i don't do anything you know i i i 
the house that we live in only has like um, showers, so um, there's no bathtub. So I bought like a portable bathtub. It's kind of something you just sit in. And I actually made like an ice bath out of it yesterday. Like, again, like these are the little things. Like, you guys will remember, I used to have Epsom baths every single day um, in the build up to Houston Marathon. And, you know, all of a sudden, like little things like that just slack. And, like that that was bad of me to start slacking off on things like that like i went from doing that sort of shit every day to all of a sudden you know not doing it at all and and that's just laziness and that's something i really sort of have to work on and um it's just complacency whereas yesterday i'm driving home after we had you went to yoga and then like went and got some sushi and you know we're driving home and I was just like, right, you've bought this bath thing. So now that you've bought this bath thing, like go and do some, um, go and buy some ice cubes and like have an ice bath. And um, you just have to do it. You know, once you start doing things and you become like a, a doer, let's say, for example, you know, you, you see that things just start to click and things just start to come together. Um, but I, I kind of just got to the point where, you know, there was a, a bit of complacency crept in and, um, yeah, like I, I need to, I needed to kind of sort that out and, um, not get to that point again. So, you know, I jump in the ice bath, go into yoga. That's kind of the, that's what happens when I go to Flagstaff. Like I just, I just step it up and I'm just like, I'm on it. Um, and I just start taking care of the little things again. And then all these little things add up, whether it's to keep you injury free, whether it's to help you train a bit harder or whether you're, you absorb more of the training than, than you otherwise would have, for example. Um, but yeah, look, it's it, it's probably not going to be the easiest couple of weeks training. There's going to be frustrating periods where I'm probably not going to be hitting the speeds that I've perhaps hit in the past. But that's all part of the journey. It's all part of the process. And um, you know, I, I've preached many times that you have to be you have to be okay with how things are going, and you have to be okay with just enjoying the journey and enjoying the process. And um, I think everything that I do over the next two months has a plays a big role and a big impact in um, how things play out um, come like to the sort of preparation for Doha. Um, and like, it doesn't really matter how I'm feeling now. Like the main thing is that come, come a couple of weeks time when I, when I start putting like the training plan for Doha and, um, if I can sort of get things rolling over the next like month, well then you're looking at like it's probably going to be a pretty smooth path to Doha. Whereas if I try to rush things at the minute, or if I overtrain at the minute, or um, if I don't train enough, then it's going to get to the point where like it's going to be a, a pretty tough journey almost to Doha because um, yeah, I'll 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 probably struggle. Um, but yeah, look guys, thanks for listening. And um, the guys are just starting to show up for a run. That's another lovely thing about Flagstaff. You've you've company pretty much on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate the support. Um, yeah, hope you all guys have a good week. It's it's Monday, you know. If you're if you're being a bit lazy, you know, get back on it and get going again and um, learn to love that process and then then enjoy the rewards that come with that.